podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the jury room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth, from cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Jury Room Aftermath. On this episode, I'm glad to have one half of Murder Incorporated, Harley. We're going to be discussing John Eric Armstrong, the baby doll killer. Welcome to the show, Harley. Glad to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself where they can find your podcast and all that good jazz? My name is Harley, and um, I do, like you said, one half of Murder Incorporated and also one half of Homicide Highway. So with Murder Incorporated, you can find anywhere on Twitter, on Gmail, on TikTok, anywhere, any social media. It's at Murder Incorporated Pod, and then Homicide Highway is anywhere social media. It's Homicide Highway. Right on. Do you got any exciting cases you guys are working on or any upcoming episodes you're excited about? I actually, on Murder Incorporated, we just covered Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, who I've always wanted to do, but I wanted to get kind of in-depth, and I did. We did four episodes on Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. It's so interesting. Like I've heard a lot of podcasts cover them, but I can honestly say I've never heard anybody cover them as in-depth as we did, which I'm proud of. And I think it came out like it's our most recent episode and I was just editing it last night. And I'm like, damn, this really came out good. Like it really, I, and I don't usually, you know, pump my own horn or anything, but I really do think it came out great. I really do. For Homicide Highway, Lacey covered Shanda Sher. I don't know if anybody knows. I've never heard of that case. She said that she's heard on another podcast, but it is like the most twisted case. It's like about teenagers torturing other another teenager and the things that they do to her is like how does a teenager even come up with this crap i don't even know like i was not thinking of that when i was a teenager like it's a really good case that's the crazy part is when teenagers are involved there's a lot of emotions that are involved in that and a lot of egging on you know to where it causes them to go to take it to a whole nother level you know and that's exactly what happened that's exactly what happened is that they were getting egged on and nobody wanted to be the one to say no. Right. That's the, it's that uh, mob mentality, you know, that no, so nobody wants to speak up. You know, it's the same, it's the same mentality that you get in like an apartment complex when somebody's being beaten or, or killed potentially where, oh, the next person will say something or the next person will stop it, but nobody ends up stopping it, you know? Exactly. That's exactly it. And, they have uh, a word yeah. for it, and I forget what it is. I know. I was just trying to think of it too. Of it. Like so, the bystander, or something. Some, some, the bystander effect, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think that is what it is. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. So, 
So are these episodes already out for people or is this something that you, you're going to be releasing soon? Yep. They're all out. They're all out. They're all out. That's yep. awesome. So what, what brought you to the podcasting community? What, what made you want to do this? So I had a job where I could listen to headphones like all day. And I don't know if anybody's ever worked 15 hours and listen to music all day, but I mean, you could have 2000 favorite songs, but eventually they're going to get old. So I'm like, what can I listen to? Because listening to the other people at work was not really what I wanted to do either. So I'm like, this podcast thing came out and I'm like, oh, I seen it on my phone. I'm like, I'll see what that is. And then, so I started listening to podcasts and I've always been into true crime. Like since I was a kid, I've always been into it. And so I'm like, I'll listen to true crime podcasts. And then the more I listened, I'm like, I don't just want to listen to it. I'd like to create that and see what I could do. And so I thought about it for like a year. And my best friend and I had just like made up or whatever you want to call it. And like, I'm like, how can we like become close again? So I asked him to do the podcast with me because I thought it'd be a way for us to reconnect. And it worked out great. I mean, buddy and I have been doing it for eight months now and I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. Like I get so much out of it and I love the research. I love writing. I love being able to have that time set aside for once a week where I get to see my best friend where when you're so busy, you don't really don't get that time as an adult and you have kids. So we set that time aside and we get to see each other and bullshit before the episode or after the episode. And, and it's just great. I really enjoy it. I can't picture myself stopping. That's awesome. So you've always kind of been a, a true crime aficionado, I guess you could say. Yeah, I have because my father was a murderer and when I was a baby, I was in the next room and he murdered his best friend and dismembered his body in our bathtub. And like, since I was maybe 10, I found out about the case. I found my mom had court transcripts and like anybody that in Wyoming, anybody that is part of like a court trial, once the trial's over, they get a copy of the court transcripts. So she had them for whatever reason. I started reading it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know this is what he was in jail for or prison for, you know, and then it just kind of got me going like why would somebody do that when they have a family like what is behind that you know and and so i just always been fascinated with it wow that's that's crazy do, do, do you think that's affected you in more ways growing up than what you anticipated or was it something you weren't really that it really bothered you like i think that i was lucky in a way that it happened when i was a baby and not when i was like 15 because i just grew up I didn't know what a father was, so I didn't know what I was missing. Like, I would see my friends with their dads, and, like, sometimes, like, I would think, like, oh, that's cool, they're doing baseball with them or whatever, you know, I, I kind of wish I had that, but I I never really missed it, to be honest with you. I wasn't close with him and then lost it, I just never had it. So I'm kind of lucky in that way. Wow, that's crazy. That's a... Uh that's not a story that many people have, you know, thankfully, and I'm sorry that you have that story to tell, but you know, at least it, it didn't affect you in, in the way that, you know, a lot of people do get affected by these kind of things, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. I am very grateful for that. It, it has affected me more as an adult than it did as a child. Like once I had children on my own and like my father passed away with me not talking to him. So, cause once I found out what he did, I kind of just didn't talk to him. And once he passed away, it really, I didn't think it would even matter to me. And it really affected me because then 
I could never ask him why. I could never, all the things that, like, I'd like to know, I never will know now, you know? So that has affected me. It's kind of one of those things, though. Do you think that the answer he would give you would be sufficient enough anyways? No, and I've asked myself that, and, or would he even tell me the truth? Like, you know, a lot of times people tell you what they what they think you want to hear. So whatever I asked him, who knows if he would even tell me the truth? Somebody that's capable of friggin' dismembering a body in the bathtub with their newborn son in the next room, probably not a very truthful person anyway, you know what I mean? Like, so, I just, I, I would have never got the answers I wanted, but now I know I won't. Right, right, and it's that, it's that not being able to get the, even an answer at all, even if it's not the, the answer you wanted, that really, I guess, hits home more, right? Yeah, and like... And I kind of would have liked to have had a relationship with my father's family and stuff like that. But my mom was so traumatized by that night. She was there too, that she won't talk about my dad. She won't say nothing. It's like anything I want to know, I just have to guess, you know, so that, that kind of hurts. But I understand from her point of view, definitely. Right. Of course. Well, let's, uh, damn, that's crazy, man. That's I, I had seen you talk about it before, but I had never, you know what I mean, had heard anything, actually heard you talk about it. And that's, that's just, that's just crazy, man. That's a, that's definitely a wild story. Have you ever thought about actually like digging into your dad's case? I had, I did it for Murder Incorporated. I did it on the Patreon. So I did dig into it and it was actually very healing to like talk about it. Like it really was where I never used to, tell people, I mean, even as an adult, like until maybe like when I started the podcast, I never talked about it. Like people that knew me my whole life didn't know, like they just knew my dad was in prison, but not what for or the situation. And to like talk about it, it kind of, I went by the court transcripts. And so it's like exactly what, well, at least what everybody said in the trial, what happened. So it was healing in a way. And I really, I never understood like why my mom wouldn't talk about it until I dug into it. And now I understand why, because like he made her, he told her that he was going to kill me if she didn't help him clean up the body and get rid of it. And like, I, I didn't know that until I dug into it. So I can understand now how that could, why my mom was the way she was. You know what I mean? Right. That's crazy, man. Well, for the listeners out there who want to hear that story, definitely go check out the Murder Incorporated Patreon. Uh, so that way you can get the full story and the, the you know, Harley's take on it. That's that's insane, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see that you have persevered and I hope your mom has done some, done some kind of healing so that way she's not, you know, strapped with that burden. You know what I mean? That, that she's yeah. carried around her whole life, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that, Kevin. So what did you think of John Eric Armstrong? Had you ever heard of this guy before? No, I've never heard of him. And it's such an interesting case. I'm surprised that I I mean, I guess I even if you do do a true crime podcast, you're not going to hear about every case. But it's so interesting, like somebody traveling around like that and like the, just the possibilities are endless, you know, and it's I'm surprised you don't hear about that more often. I know, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like um, I forget what the guy's name is, but he was the serial dra- or serial killer that was a truck driver, you know, where he would drive around all over the United States and kill people, and 
you know, they they never really truly did find out how many victims he had, you know? Oh, Keith Hunter Jesperson? Uh, that yeah, it? that sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and I'm surprised you just don't hear about it more often. Right. Like, it's a perfect job for somebody that wants to kill. Right. What's your take on him lying a lot? Do you feel like maybe he exaggerated his victims, or do you think there could potentially be more? I think that he definitely is full of shit, you know, like a lot of them are. I think that he's definitely full of shit, but do I think that it's possible that part of what he's saying is true? I definitely believe that. I definitely, I do think he's lying, but I don't think that he's a hundred percent lying. You know what I mean? Like, I think there is some truth in it because like we know with a lot of these serial killers, like a lot of the times you don't find out the whole truth. You know what I mean? You don't find out. Oh, this is exactly how many people they killed. This is exactly where it happened. This is who it is. Like, you don't find that out. So I think it's more likely that he has more victims than we know about. But, yeah, I do think he's full of shit, for sure. Right. What do you I think? I feel like I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't necessarily know. I mean, we don't know the answers, like you said. We we only get what, what these people tell us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, being in the military, you visit a lot of different things and a lot of different ports and a lot of different countries, especially in the, in the Navy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of people looking to take advantage of sailors when they get to ports as far as sex workers. And, and I'm not, this is not a knock against sex workers at all. Um, but you know, they're trying to make money. They're trying to make a living just like everybody else, you know? Yeah. And he, in in a way, I think he was, I kind of like an incel, but even though he was married, you know, that, yeah, that, that yeah. entitlement, you know, that, well, women owe me something kind of mentality that it's like, bruh, that's not how it works. Like, this isn't, this isn't the world that everybody else lives in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, 100%. So I think, I think he definitely, I mean, at least, at least probably sexually assaulted a lot of people, unfortunately. Uh, but as far as killing people, it's who's to say, you know what I mean? Nobody yeah. was there and, and unfortunately we'll probably never, ever get the answers that we're looking for. Right. No, that's the thing. It's like somebody that bullshits that much, they're probably not going to like, you know, one day, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you'll never know. You'll never know. Like, there's no letters out there you wrote that you're going to finally, finally discover or something. Like, it is sad that you could really bring closure to real families. And because of your, even if he is telling the truth, that people are not going to believe him, you know? What do you think about his his uh, baby brother dying suddenly? What kind of impact do you think that had on him? I thought about that when I when I was listening to your podcast. I'm like... God, what would that have done to me? You know what I mean? And I, I'm not a psychopath, but what would that have done to me? And I can't imagine, like, other than losing a parent. I mean, that probably would have had a bigger impact on me than losing a parent. Because, at you know, when you're young, you're so close with your siblings. You're so, at least I was, so close. And if my brother had, like, suddenly died, like, that, that would affect you every day for the rest of your life, I would imagine. And it might have... Ben, I mean, I don't know, maybe part of the reason that maybe he closed off and maybe lost some empathy because he needed to to survive that. I think the 
it definitely had a profound effect on his life for the rest of his life. I mean, the fact that, you know, he was trying to kill himself too at such a young age. And that's the part that's so hard with, with covering these kind of cases is like, I, I, I empathize with him with the fact that his brother died. And I empathize the fact with him that he tried to commit suicide at such a young age. Yeah, That is sad. It makes me sad for him. And it's like, but then my empathy goes away, you know, to the fact that there's a lot of people out there who have a lot more horrific shit done to them that don't, you know, go out and start killing people and don't try to, you know, lie their way through life. And, and so it's just, it's hard, but that empathy definitely is there for the fact that he lost somebody so young and, uh, you know, tried to commit suicide. That's, that's devastating. Child suicide is, is something extreme is going on. You know what I mean? For a kid to try to commit suicide. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, for him to try and kill himself, like you could see at that point in time that he wasn't lost yet. You know what I mean? Like, because if you're a psychopath, why would you even bother? You don't have any empathy. You don't care. You know, that's why I think maybe this is what, maybe not 100% this is what, because I think that you got to be born with something, but maybe this is part of the reason that he shut down emotionally and why he did, had no empathy as an adult. Right, 100%. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 a situation where he probably felt some sort of, like, rejection, you know, maybe. Maybe his yeah, brother yeah. didn't want to be with him, and so he he kind of compartmentalized it as, you know, rejection instead of grief. And it kind of just snowballed from there. And, I, and I'm sure it put a strain on the dynamics with the mother and him, you know, you know, she, maybe she had some sort of vendetta, maybe not necessarily blamed him, but, you know, just became bitter towards him because of the fact that he was a boy and why was he alive and not her other son, you know, it's, yeah. there's so I many moving parts to that, you know, um, so it's one of those situations where I think it kind of set him up from a very young age to be predisposed to, you know, hating rejection, you know, hating the fact that, you know, his brother didn't want to be with him. His mother didn't want him, you know, I mean, there's so many different things, complex emotions that go into grief. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, what, oh, I, what do you think? Do you think this had part of the reason that he hated sex workers? No, I think this, <clears throat> the reason why he hated sex workers was because I think he felt entitled to women, you know, as a teenager, right? He was overweight. He wasn't, he, he wasn't a popular kid. The women, you know, girls didn't necessarily like him. Right. And so you feel like, you feel rejected by your peers and that's uh the, that's a hard feeling when you're a kid right especially because your hormones and your 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 you're discovering your sexuality and who you are and it's so you're so all over the place you know but he was rejected by a woman that you know that he cared about or that he loved maybe and from that point on he was basically like women are all horse and it's you know so I think he kind of took it as, well, I didn't necessarily pay her for sex, but, you know, I was, you know, giving her gifts and blah, 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 and she still didn't want me. So I think that's kind of where it set him up for that incel behavior. Like, I'm fucking entitled to this. This is mine. You're mine. Like, 
And that kind of mentality does not get you far in life, you know? Yeah, it's like the violent part of him didn't come out until it was time to pay. Maybe right. you know. And that's kind of what I'm thinking too, is it's it's one of those things where he I think he wanted the companionship, you know, the 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 women, but I think he didn't he didn't necessarily want to pay for it. And I mean, that's when you when you get a sex worker, I mean, that's what that's what you're there for that's what they're there for it's a transaction it's a business you know um there's it's cut and dry i mean i don't understand why you would i don't know man it's it's just crazy the the whole incel mentality community whatever you want to call it is i just don't understand it it's kind of one of those things again there's so much that i was ignorant to before i started podcasting of course like i knew I knew of things and, and, and so on and so forth, but it's like, I, I didn't realize like, this is a whole demographic of people, you know what yeah, I mean? Me either. And, and, me it's like, podcasting. and it's like, dude, like you are <clears throat> like, just don't be an asshole. Like don't treat women like shit. Like you will, there, there will be somebody for you. You will find somebody, you know? And it's just, there's a lot of fucking people in this world not to, you know, to be, to be that kind of a douchebag. Like I just don't, I covered, you know, I just did Columbine and, and, and those guys were nuts in themselves. And, and you, you go and you look at like somebody like Elliot Rogers, who, which is, I'm going to eventually do a case on him too, but he's, you know, it's just, it's crazy. The whole mentality of like, Oh, I'm entitled to whatever this is. I don't know. It just throws me off. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, and it's from, like, I've seen, like, videos, like, people make on, like, incels or make it. So, like, the one thing that I see that they all have in common is completely no self-awareness whatsoever. Like, for me, if, like, I mean, if I couldn't get a girl because of X, I would try and improve upon X, not hate the girl. You know what I mean? It's like they have no self-awareness to make themselves better so they are more appealing. So, instead, they just hate women. And that's the crazy part is, is like, I, rem- I think back to when, like when we were younger or how even our parents, right. Okay. It was a lot harder for them to find people who had the same interests. Right. So you, you like something weird or, or offbeat or, you know, maybe something that's not mainstream. Okay. And it was a lot harder for them to find somebody even, you know, when we were younger, but now the world is so connected that you can literally find it doesn't matter what your weird thing is that you like as long as it's not like you know fucking disgusting and shouldn't you shouldn't be doing it um you can find somebody who's gonna like what you like you know what i mean anything anything, anything. that you like anything that you like you will find somebody who likes it too like i have a friend at work that's single and i've i've been married for 11 years i've been my wife a long time like when I was single, this was not, it's not like it is now. So I have a friend that's single at work and I'm like, you have no excuse. You have no excuse. You know what I mean? You, there's 9 million apps to find girls. Like if you like shoving rabbit's foots up a girl's butt and that's what gets you off, there's probably an app for that. You know what I mean? There's no excuse at all. I mean, right. And that's, I don't mean to laugh at people. If, if you like getting rabbit's feet up your ass, I mean, by all, by all, 
by all means, more power to you. But that is the reality is that you will find somebody no matter what, there will be somebody out there. You might get told no 5 million fucking times, but you will yeah. get told yes at least one time. Yeah, and exactly. That's the, that's, the, that's the crazy part, man. Yeah, the, the whole insult culture is something that is, I don't know, it's gross. It's disgusting. It is. They're deeply disturbed people. I mean, they literally, if they had the balls, would be out killing women, most of them. You know what I mean? From what yeah. I've seen, at least. And again, that's not, you don't want to, you know, marginalize a whole group of people. But the reality is, is they blame everybody else but themselves. It's never their fault. Exactly. And that's the same thing with, with, with John Eric Armstrong is it's nothing's his fault. You know what I mean? And it's like, fuck you, dude, this is all your fault. You chose to do this shit. Like even after getting caught, it's not his fault. You know, it's like, right. It's, there's no way everybody's wrong and you're right. I mean, the chances of that happening are very slim. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things, and and he was, you know, he I think he was also, which is something that we we've all dealt with, and it's sad, but I think he was bullied a lot, you know, through school, and being in the navy, you know, they would call him Opie and and such like that, and I think it it finally drove him to a point where you know he was like, I'm gonna fucking take what's mine, you know what I mean, kind of mentality. And it's like somebody that finally does do that, they take whatever lives or they have been planning this and thinking about it for a long time. So, you know, it's like every time somebody picked on him, he's like one day. And then every time somebody called him Opie when he was in the military, one day, you know, and then that, that one day happened, but he only chose to take it out on these women that couldn't fight back, you know? Right. And that's the other part that, uh, that drives me crazy is I wish that, um, along with, you know, drugs, which I've talked about many times on these aftermath episodes, but I wish prostitution was legal. I wish sex workers had a legal outlet because it's one of those things that even though it's illegal, people are still going to do it, period. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's illegal or not, they're still going to do it. But if it was legal, there could be avenues to keep sex workers safe and that's the hard part is that for some reason <clears throat> sex workers have always been looked down on you know as less than it doesn't just because they're choosing to make their money that way doesn't make them less than me or less than another human being like that's the part that drives me nuts because a lot of you see a lot of these cases and where police don't necessarily take the time because they're a sex worker you know what i mean they're like oh she's a prostitute she doesn't matter you know or she's a drug addict who was prostituting herself she doesn't matter you know what i mean and that's yeah, the part that like, drives me crazy like they'll say like no humans evolved when it's a a sex worker that's been murdered you know and it's like are you kidding me like you're telling me that somebody can't do what they want with their body it's not like they're hurting like i i just can't believe that like you could literally go and get a freaking implant of something inside of your leg or anything you want to do. All this crazy stuff, which I'm not judging. I'm just saying, but you can't have sex with somebody for money. Like, it's unbelievable to me in 2021, almost 2022, 2022. Like, it's the oldest profession and it's illegal. You know, it's unbelievable. And that's the crazy part is it's it's been around since the dawn of time. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, I mean, let me, I'm, I'm married, but, like, if I was single and I knew of some good-looking sex workers, I'd be all over that shit. I don't care if it's illegal <laughs> or not. I'd be all over. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, and I wouldn't be hating on them. I'd be thanking them. Right. Sex is awesome. I'd be thanking them. How can you, after somebody <laughs> has just given it to you, been like, oh, I'm mad at you. I've never thought that. Right. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't get that mentality either, man. Oh, you just gave me the best experience of my life. Fuck you. What? That's yeah. stupid. Who yeah. even has the energy after having sex to kill somebody? <laughs> well, apparently a lot of people, man, because there's a lot of cases of of assholes like this guy, you know, killing killing a woman after sleeping with them. Oh, I just don't get it at all. Like like they just done you the biggest favor ever and you're like gonna repay them by killing them. Yeah, and that's the, I don't know. It just, I just so wish, much hate they have in their heart. Right. That's the, I don't know. They. I don't know about you, but I, this whole experience, this whole journey of, you know, doing this podcast and stuff has, like, opened my eyes to a world that I didn't even know existed. You know what I mean? And And, and I hate that, that it's like, you think the world is one way and it's like, fuck, but the reality is there's a lot of bullshit that, gets swept under the rug you know no yeah definitely like i live in a small town and like a really small town and i grew up in the small town so before i started doing the podcast there's so many things that i did not know like happened on a regular basis like i i just it really it's a good outlet for me because somebody that does live in a small town i don't get out much i'm like a hermit so it helps me to learn like in a in a good way and a bad way you know what i mean it helps me to learn, like, there real, is real dangers out there. Like, I never would have thought that something bad would happen to my daughter. But now I'm thinking, like, you know, she's in college now. Like, it, it has me scared to death. Right. And that's the, that's the, that's the sad part is, and I, 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 f- I feel for you, man, because I, I, if I had kids, I don't have kids, and I don't think I'll ever have kids. But if I had kids, I, I would be a nervous fucking wreck if I had kids that were in college because, we live in a world where we don't look out for each other anymore. It's not uh, exactly. It's not a, we're looking out for our neighbors. It's what can we take from our neighbors? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like people, I mean, in a small town, people are not like that as much, but like when I lived in, there's a city near me called Utica and I, it's like a bigger city. I lived there for about six months. My house got broken into I got in a fight. It's like I leave the country for freaking six months and all this just happening. And it's like my neighbors are assholes. Like people really are just selfish, selfish human beings. Like even a good person is probably pretty selfish. And living in a city, you get a taste of that a lot more. What's your take on them not not bringing this guy, any charges against this guy until they had DNA evidence, even though... It was pretty cut and dry to up to that point. Like, before I had done the podcast, I would have been like, there's no way that would happen. There's no way. They they had so much that they could have got him for. But then, like, after I did the podcast, I'm like, now, I'm, with this point of view, I'm like, I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. Like, they're not even there to, like, help the victims. They're not even there. They're just there to get a win. You know, that's really what prosecutors, it's like a game to them. So if they're not sure 100% that they're going to win that game or there's not enough pressure, 
then I'm not surprised. Like, they did the same thing with, uh, oh, I can't think, Sam, Sam Little. They waited till they had DNA evidence, and they had so much evidence against him, and they waited till they got DNA evidence. It's like, it's unbelievable. Take a chance. You know, go for some justice once in a while. That's the unfortunate part is our justice system isn't, isn't a, uh, as much as we want it to be about evidence, it's about who can present the winning case. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the crazy part is you see a lot of people getting off with, you know, crimes and such because they either a had a really good lawyer and okay, good for them or B they put on the show that won the trial. You know what I mean? And that's so fucked up to me. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, they shouldn't even call it the justice system. They should mm-hmm. like name it like a game show name. You know what I mean? Like the price <laughs> is right. You know, like they really should because that's what it comes down to. And Look, judge I Judy mean, should be the, the, the judge all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got Judge Judy up there, like, and uh, it's just sad because, like, they won't even try if they think that. I mean, I'm not saying 100 percent of the time, but a lot of the times they will not even try if they think they're gonna lose. And even if they're not sure you're guilty, if they know they can get a win, they'll just go for it. That's the other side of it. Yeah, it's definitely. It's definitely a sad, sad reality is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of injustice within the justice system. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. There really is. There really is. What do you think about that? Why do you, why do you think that they held out? Probably because they didn't want it to, our justice system is good in a way, but it's bad at the same time, right? Because there's, it's not dealt on evidence and facts. It's dealt on who can present the best show. Right. But they also probably didn't want to lose the case. And that's the unfortunate part is, is our system is set up that if they were to try the case and they fail and they lose it, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get tried again, you know? So I, I get it to an extent. But at the same time, I don't, I'm like, you know, because while they're investigating him, he committed more murders and killed more people. And it's like, dude, you should have put him fucking away when you had the chance. He, we would have, this, this story wouldn't have been as tragic, you know? And while his victim count is truly unknown and we'll probably never know, it's still, you could have saved lives, you know? And that's the that's the beauty, I guess, of hindsight, right? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, um, But I definitely feel like they should have at least held him, you know, to an extent, got enough to hold him, keep him in jail while they're investigating him because they've done it before. They do it all the time to a lot of people um, that I don't know why he was, you know, let to continue li- living on the streets when more people lost their lives, you know? Yeah, but if, like if that was one of the Kardashians that he killed, they would have tried him. Right. Without right the DNA. There. Right. That's the that's the hard part is our our system is not consistent. It it's it needs to be level across the whole playing field and not just for certain people. You know what I mean? No, I agree hundred percent. Like and it's it's hundred percent not. It's not level for everybody, you know, like if I just you and I could commit the same crime, but if I have a good lawyer and you don't, we're not getting the same justice, and the victims are not getting the same justice. You know, it's like 
I don't know how to fix that. Don't get me wrong. I don't have the answers, but I just know that it's wrong. What's your take on him getting life without possibility of parole? Uh, I don't know if you're for or against the death penalty, um, but what's your take on his sentencing? So I could go either way. Like for myself, I am 100% for the death penalty, but in the same time, like have you ever been to jail? No. Jail Mm -hmm. sucks, dude. So living (laughs) your whole life in jail, it sucks. It's not like a, you know what I mean? Like they make it out like, oh, they get three meals a day and blah, blah. Jail sucks. Are you kidding me? There ain't nobody in jail being like, I love this. I love it. I wish they would give me 200 years. This is the best. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're so miserable, but you have to live miserable for however long you live, you know? So I could go either way. Like I don't get, I mean, some people I do get like, they should kill them because you know that they want, they don't want to die so bad. But like, I just feel like if you're in prison for the rest of your life, you're not living it up at the Ritz. You know what I mean? You're in prison. I don't know, man. I, there are certain people who deserve to die because of their heinous shit that they've done. Period. Uh, do I think it's cut and dry that everybody, you know, deserves to die? No. Does this guy deserve to die? The reality is yes. I think he has exhibited enough behaviors to warrant to deserve the death penalty. There's a, it's hard because the death penalty is, you know, there's a lot of people who are on death row who are innocent and there's a lot of people on death row who deserve to be there. So I understand why, you know, capital punishment is such a hot, hot button topic. I get that. Um, but the reality is, is that there are just some people out there who just do not deserve to walk the earth anymore. And that's just the reality. We are, as a species, we are compassionate, but we can also be extremely violent. And so it, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that some people just deserve to die. <clears throat> no, I, I struggle with it because life in prison is just... And while I I understand that jail is not a, it's not a walk in the park, right? There's a lot of, of, of shit that happens in jail and it's not a pleasant experience. And I understand that. But the problem is, is that now we as the taxpayers have taken on the responsibility of this person's life. You know what I mean? Taking care of him, feeding him, clothing him, you know, making sure he's got lights and so on and so forth. So it's, it's, I struggle with this one. Uh, like from a general standpoint, but from this guy, I don't think he deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life. I think he should have been uh, executed, in my opinion. That would not have broken my heart. I'll tell you that. You know what I mean? Because this guy is one of them that you know he doesn't want to die. You know what I mean? Like he he wants to be alive. He wants to spew bullshit. Like he wants to be alive. So the proper punishment for him definitely would be death. You know, like there are some people that like Ted Bundy. You know what I mean? He, death was the answer for him because he wanted to live so bad. So it's ultimate punishment. Right. He wanted to live. He wanted to live in his narcissism. Yes, exactly. But for like a pedophile or something like that, like the proper punishment is, for me, is prison because they're prison. There's nothing more miserable than being a pedophile in prison. You know, nothing. They always find a way to get you. Always. So. Having to live in that fear for 80 years is better than the one month or whatever you'd be in fear before you're executed. 
No, and that's that's the that's the 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 flip side to it is you know there's there are people who deserve to be in prison for the rest of their lives and you know definitely pedophiles deserve to be in and rightfully so they deserve that to live in that fear they deserve to live in that that misery of fuck am i gonna die today am i not gonna die today is somebody gonna beat me up today you know stab me like you deserve that you deserve every fucking minute of it like there is no there is no getting away from that you deserve it you know and that's why it's hard you know that you see these there was a case not too long ago i forget what the guy's name is it just happened but he like sexually assaulted like four girls that were in like their teenage they were like teenagers and he got like fucking 15 years of probation he got like no jail time and i'm like recently yeah like with the the last month month and a half Um, i was like dude that is that's crazy didn't get no time no jail time just probation and he has to register as a sex offender and i'm like bruh that's not even that 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 punishment doesn't fit the crime oh can you imagine being one of those girls and then knowing they should be walking around again right that's what i'm saying it's it says yeah that and that's the again not a level playing field that's where our justice system is not a level playing field right because he was i hate to say it but he was a white male right middle-aged white man he got probation. I hate to say it, but if he was a minority or a person of color, he probably would have been in prison for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? And that's the that's the sad part is I'm starting to see that it's it's really not it's not level out there for everybody. That, that's one thing for the podcast and like being part of the true crime world that I see too is like there's two justice systems: one for white people, good looking white people, and then there's one for for minorities. And they're nothing the same. They might as well try them in different courts. You know what I mean? They really might as well because that's what happens. Like, if a black guy drove from Utica and, God forbid, raped my daughter, he would get life. If my neighbor did it, he'd probably get 10 years. You know what I mean? And that's a fact. That's just a fact. You know what I mean? So there's no denying that. Whatever side you fall, there's no denying that. You know what I mean? Black men, or even not just but any minority, is over sentenced compared to a good looking white guy that speaks well, you know. Yeah, it's that's the that is the truth. That is something that, as you know, I never realized it, you know, being I guess ignorant to it, but you, you, you definitely start to grow and realize like, shit, it's a different world for me than it is for somebody else, you know. Yeah, like growing up in a small town, I'll admit it, you know. I I'm have grown up and become an adult, but growing up in a small town, I thought just black people are just bad. They're they're all in jail. They must just be bad, you know. And like, cause everybody, not everybody, but nine out of ten people you meet around here, they 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 think the same way. So that's like what you learn growing up. And then once I became an adult, I could think for myself. I'm like, oh no no, no. they're not all bad. It's just that they're getting screwed over constantly for the same stuff that I did as a kid and I got away with, you know what I mean? A uh, black dude would not get away with, not at all. Like where I got probation, somebody get prison. What are your final thoughts on Jan- John Eric Armstrong before we get out of here? I just want to thank you for covering this case because it's very interesting. And 
I do think that he should have gotten the death penalty. You know, I do think he should have gotten the death penalty, but I'm sure that he's not living it up in prison. You know what I mean? It's it, it is bad. You know what I mean? I've been to jail, never to prison, but I've been a judge. Does talk, and I think that I do want to. One question I do want to ask you uh, before we uh, stop is how many victims do you think he has? What would you say that number is? I mean, if I had to ballpark it, if if. I mean, if he was telling the truth about all of his victims, there's probably more. But it, again, it's hard to, to believe him. So I, I'm going to say, I mean, at minimum, probably 10, maybe 20, to be honest, uh, considering that he sailed across the world. There's a lot of different ports and a lot of different people that you're interacting with. And so, and being that, when you're on a ship alone, not alone, but when you're on a ship for days on end and, you know, weeks and months, you have a lot of time to think and a lot of aggression to build up. So I think when you finally get to a port, I think you kind of just have to let it all out. And, and his outlet, unfortunately, was killing sex workers. So, I mean, we really won't ever know, but I mean, it, I think his number could be potentially up there. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why, but I think it, I think it's 12. I think there's 12 Definitely 12. At 12 least. at least. Yeah. I would say, like you said, 12, like between 10 and 20, but I think that that number is 12. I really do. I think it's around there. I don't think it's anything crazy, but I do think that it's got to be more. You know what I mean? It's more than the eight. It's got to be, it's got to be like 12. That's just my opinion. Well, why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast again, where they can find you at, all that good jazz, and then we'll get on out of here. All right, um, Murder Incorporated, you can find us on anywhere podcasts are downloaded. And if you want to search us on social media, I like to Twitter people. So if you want to Twitter me, you can do that at Murder Inc. Pod. And that's what I'm on the most. But I, we are on everything at Murder Inc. Pod. And then um, Homicide Highway, you can find Homicide Highway on everything. And if you want to shoot me an email with a case that you want heard or whatever, uh, it's a, at Murder Inc. At Murder Incorporated pod at gmail.com before we go though harley there's two things that i want from you i want to say thank you for all the support that you have showed the jury room since you've come on to the, to the twitter community i i can't thank you enough um i know i don't always say thank you but if i if you've ever felt that i haven't said thank you i appreciate it 100 percent uh, i'm glad we finally got to sit down and do this if you guys uh, I got, I did go on murder incorporated. If you guys want to go check that out. Um, so thank you again for your support. I, it means the world to me 100%. And then the second thing is if you could be any sandwich condiment, what would you be and why? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. If I could be any sandwich condiment. Probably be horseradish sauce because then. Nobody would eat me, you know what I mean? So that I wouldn't get eaten by some freaking, you know what I mean? So I'd be probably horseradish sauce. How about you? Um, Miracle Whip. Uh, that's kind of been the uh, answer when people ask me. That's probably Miracle something Whip. nobody's going to eat either. Uh, everybody eats it. <laughs> Literally everybody. What are you talking oh, about? I hate Miracle Whip. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people do too. That's okay. A lot of people love it though. That's true. And a lot of people love horseradish. Well, now there's less people that love horseradish. <laughs> and I want to say, Kevin, before we go, I really, I support your podcast because it is a great podcast. It's not to kiss ass. 
It's not for whatever reason. I really do support it because of all the true crime podcasts that I listen to, yours is my favorite. And I think you're just a great person. And I love Jury Room Podcast. That's why I support it. Well, again, thanks, Harley. And thanks for coming on today. I hope you enjoyed it. And I, I hope you have a good day. Yes, have a good day, Kevin. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.